Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are and where we meet, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. We're going to be continuing our series in Acts today. Um, which is really suitable to uh, a church that likes to go planting, isn't it? Because that is what the story of Acts is. It's the birthing of the church. And we're going to continue in Acts 18. But there's two things that I've been really reflecting on as you find Acts 18. uh, And it's been hitting home as I've been thinking about what to bring today. And the first thing, they're, they're quite profound. They're not my profound thoughts. But they are simple, profound things about what we believe. And the first thing is this. God is a God that loves to come close. That's a profound thing, isn't it? You know, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of all things, Yahweh, the Lord of all creation, the one who rules and reigns, the one who's supreme, he loves to draw close. And actually, this is what we think about this at Christmas time. We think about a God that doesn't just sit far away, but he loves to draw close to us. He loves to come near. He loves to run towards. I was reading a book about the prodigal son recently, and it just talks about how God runs towards the prodigal son. But not only that, but he also then runs out towards the elder son as well. He comes out of the house towards the person. And it just got me thinking, actually, God loves to come towards us in whatever situation we're in. He's a God that loves to draw near. And I think as we enter the Christmas period, I want us to be thinking about that because that is profound. It is profound that the maker of heaven and earth walked this earth. It is profound that as he was born in a stable, like in this little cradle thing, Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth, came close. And that is the God we serve. That is the God that we serve, the servant king who came down because he loved us so much. Isn't that incredible? And as we think about Christmas, I mean, I wanted to preach on Christmas. It is December, um, but that's as close as I'll get to it. We'll go into Acts. The second profound thing is this. God loves to catch us up in drawing close to his world. He loves us to be the people who go into the world as his ambassadors. So we're going to look in Acts 18 where it talks about uh, Paul first entering into Corinth. But this is what he writes in 2 Corinthians 5 to that same church that he's been to, to set up. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who has no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says... In the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of God's salvation. That's incredible. 
that's a profound thought that actually God wants to reconcile the world to himself. And how is he going to do that? Through us. We are the carriers, his ambassadors, his people. What is an ambassador? Ambassador is someone who goes to a foreign nation and represents that nation in that land. God has trusted us in this nation to be the carriers of this message of reconciliation, that he wants to reconcile, that he wants us to be in relationship with him, that he loves to draw near. That's the message, the overflow of the message that we carry inside of us. And so as we read Acts, that's the kind of learning. How do we learn? We learn through Acts how to be the ambassadors that God wants us to be, that God has designed us and created us to be. And so that's kind of the the two profound thoughts that I was having this week. Uh, As I say, they're not my profound thoughts. They're just profound truths about who we are. And that's something as we start. And so let's read Acts 18, 1 to 17. As I said, this is Paul entering into Corinth for the first time. And it says this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade the Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justice, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, I'm not the best at pronouncing these things. With Gallio, I want to say Galileo or something like that, but it's not, it's Gallio. Anyway, sorry, off the point, back in the word. The Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. This man, was charged, uh, they charged, is persuading the people of, to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, if, the, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter for yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. Then the crowd there turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Galileo, Galileo, Galileo showed no concern. I'm just going to call him that from now on, okay, if I say his name, just because I think that's a good name. Um, showed no concern whatsoever. Okay, so we have Paul entering into Corinth. 
And we know Corinth becomes quite a big church in the, in the long run. It becomes one of the biggest church. But as he enters, he's entering a place which is um, on a stretch of land, which is quite narrow. It's quite a busy, bustling town. It's a city where the Romans occupied. Uh, so there was Roman rule there. It was um, this place where economic commerce, there's a port on the east and a port on the, on the west. So people would bring their ships in and they'd, they'd bring them off and bring them and swap and change. And so it's a quite a busy, economic, successful, good place. It's a place where lots of nations dwell together. So the nations come together. It's quite uh, culturally diverse. But, uh, and that means that there's lots of religions also that come together and different opinions and different perspectives. And, uh, and actually, there's quite a few temples in the place. Um, and one of the biggest temples is the temple of Aphrodite, uh, the temple of the, the god of love, where you would go um, and... Um, well, you'd meet temple prostitutes, and you were meant to have sex with them in order to become more fertile yourself, in order to be more um, able to have more children and, and become more of a, um, a love god yourself. Come on. Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 8, and he says they have many gods and many lords. Corinthians were there who had many gods and many lords, many things that they worshipped. Many people uh, just had these things, ways of finding things spiritually. They were quite spiritual people, I imagine. You know, they, they had their, their way of connecting with the spirit. But they were also known as drunkards and fools. And I just thought, not that all Mancunians are drunkards and fools, but, but I did think that as we think about Manchester and as we think about Corinth, they're relatively similar places. You know, they're quite happening, quite economic, quite sexualized, quite, um, quite successful, quite uh, lots of different people coming together, lots of different religions in the same place, lots of opinion, lots of gods and lots of lords, even if people wouldn't know that or say that themselves. And I just thought there were two things in this that really got me thinking, wow, God is good, and God could reach Manchester through us. In verse 8, it says this, It says that Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who Paul... Sorry. Uh, sorry. Many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? But the... So, Corinth, Manchester, quite similar. Manchester feels quite far from God sometimes. The people that we in and around, we sometimes think, okay, it's probably impossible for those people. But in this, it also says that there were many people in that city that God wanted to save. That's verse 11. And I believe that there's many people in this city that God wants to come close to, that God wants to draw near to. And that's the, the point of us being here, to help God flow through us to draw near to our city. And I just want us to be stirred afresh in faith, actually, that God wants to reach those people around us. He wants to reach our neighbors. He wants to reach our work colleagues. He wants to reach our friends, our families. He wants to stir and draw near to those people, even when they feel quite close, uh, quite far away from God. He wants to draw near. He wants to come close. The purpose of us being here is we are his ambassadors, carrying him in this place. 
And it is not impossible. It is not impossible that God could bring salvation in this place to our friends, families, neighbors, colleagues. That's why we're here. To bring the power of God, to be his ambassadors, to draw him close. And so I just wanted to stir that faith. I, I heard a story, Paul Graves was at our place at a prayer meeting, and he was talking about this rocket that the, the island had sent into space with a, apparently it's about this big, um, but it's a satellite that goes around the world, and he was saying that actually, um, as we, uh, what they want to do is they want to connect something else to it, uh, and the, he, he heard the guy being interviewed about this satellite going around the world, and he said, it's okay if I don't reach it this time, because if it goes round again, it will come back, and I might reach it the second time. And if I miss it that time, it might come round again, and I might be able to reach it that time. And Paul Graves was saying, actually, that that's the same with our family and friends. You know, I might share the gospel this Christmas, and it might not hit, <laughs> and I might not connect. But actually, what I need to have faith is opportunity will come round again, and I can witness again. And as a stirring that, I want us to believe and believe afresh. For those people who are far away, my family are relatively far away from the Lord. But I believe it could come round again and it could connect. Because God wants to draw near to these people. He wants to bring salvation in. He wants to bring his joy and his life in. So what can we learn from this passage about being an ambassador? And I think there's some really key things. The first thing is ambassadors work in partnership. We're not lone rangers. There's no such thing as a Christian who's outside of community. We should be in community. God calls us to be in community with one another. And Paul enters into this city, and what does he do? First, he enters in and he finds the people who already believes, and he connects with them. And in that, Priscilla and Aquila, they've come in, and what do they do? They provide some work for him. I want to give credit to to Sam Ward, actually, who, at the, who leads the message. He's part of CCM. He comes to Gorton. But, but I met him a few months before I moved to Manchester. And I was just saying, you know, I need, I need some work. And, he, and he's like, oh, I'd love to help you. And so he didn't get me a job, but he got me a job. Do you know, like, it, it, I had to have an interview. But he got me through that door in order to provide work. And, and now we're friends, and we're doing life and partnership in the gospel together. But he actually opened a door for me to, to make that step. And it's incredible. He, God does this kind of stuff in partnership. And, uh, and I'd, I'd like to give uh, Andy and Elizabeth some credit. If you read my WhatsApp messages from, from Andy, I didn't know him much before I came in, but actually he's been persistent at contacting us since we arrived. He's been consistent <laughs> at... <laughs> I, I am not saying that. But if I took it to the police station, I could probably get a... A restraining order. No, 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 no. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Persistence. There's, there's, CCM has done this brilliantly. They, they have lots of people in Gorton have welcomed us, like the leaders there. They, they've welcomed us. They've had us around for dinner. They've connected in. And we just feel like that is what you've done at CCM. You know, and I want to give you credit for that. That is the culture of this place, to invite people who want to bring the ministry into this place. And actually, it's exciting, actually, when you see that, because we're partners in the gospel. We're ambassadors together. And I don't want to... Um, I, I want to be a people who are together on something. It's exciting when you're doing things together. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And you see it in Paul here. So he connects with people, and he has friends and partners in the gospel. 
The next thing is that we are ambassadors on a mission. Now, one of the risks of joining something or being part of something is that you become a bit of a holy huddle. One of the risks is that you just spend time with Christians. One of the risks is, oh, we can go there, we can go here. And, and you realize, actually, you've been here a few months, and you're like, oh, I, I don't think I've spoken to a non-Christian in about three months. Or, or that's not quite the case. But, but that's easy to happen in church life. You can get busy, you can, and you can actually just turn off from the world, and you can become this kind of holy huddle in a place. And it's not what Paul did. Paul was extremely intentional about reaching the people around him. He had an intentionality about him. Whenever he entered a city, he would go to the synagogue and they'd, he'd reason every, every Sabbath there with them, not just in Corinth, but in the different uh, cities, he would do this. And then when he'd kind of uh, lost hope for the people and some people had come to faith, but others had refused like they did here, he would go outside and he'd go and preach the gospel. He had a strategy to how he would reach people. He was intentional about connecting with people. And that is incredibly important. It's incredibly important that we're both a gathered body together and we're a scattered body out in the world. As we gather, we, we fill ourselves up, and as we scatter, we overflow into the world, the power and the grace of Jesus. We need to be filled up. We need these places where we're praying and we're connecting with God and we're hearing his word and we're encouraged. You know, you're more likely to share your faith. You know, you're 28%. This is a Barna study. You're 28% more likely to share your faith if you've connected with someone who said, oh, I shared my faith this week. Do you know that? Actually, that, that is a... Uh, so actually, if you're not doing life together, you can become isolated and you're less likely to be sharing your faith. Let's be together on a mission, but let's also be people who are on a mission. Let's remember that we are on a mission. We are a missional people, ambassadors on a mission. The third, third thing is this. They are ambassadors led by God. In verse 9, it talks about, um, talks about Paul having a vision, and it was a, a leadership thing. I think Paul was maybe a bit... Um, disappointed with the way things might have been going in his synagogue. In the synagogue, maybe people weren't believing. Maybe he'd got a bit fearful. I was amazed by how often, actually, when you read through Acts, how many times he'd been chased out of towns <laughs> on the way to this place. I'm not surprised he's a bit dis like, 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 stretched. or like. Imagine being chased out of town and thinking, oh, great, next one. Start again. But he was led by God. How are we connecting with God? How are we creating space for us to connect with God, personally and together? How, how are we hearing his voice? Do you know how you hear God's voice? Do you know how you kind of create the moments for him? I think Paul, Jesus would often go away and spend time praying and hearing God's voice, and then he'd come back. And then he'd go again, and then he'd hear God's voice. But I like the fact that this actually is in the midst of busyness. It's not actually away from things. It's in the midst of busyness that God speaks in. And we have to be a people who expect God to speak in and direct and guide us, who speak to God is a, a God who speaks. He, we can hear him. He's a living God. He loves to draw near, and he loves to walk with us. He takes us by the hand, and he walks with us on these journeys. But he directs. He's a shepherd, and we're his sheep. And he says in John 10, actually, the sheep know my voice and will follow it. And that's the expectancy of Jesus, actually, for him to shepherd us through this, for us to be led by him. 
he loves to lead. He loves to speak in. He loves it. And, and Paul just gets this vision. And in the vision, he just says, you know what? Don't worry. You're not going to commit any harm here. You're not going to come into any harm here. Um, keep sharing. I have many people to be saved in this place. And that, that's what Paul says. Now, I want to give a bit of a, a warning to you um, because I don't think you can just take this verse and apply it to yourself straight away. This was in a specific time, at a specific moment for Paul. And he said, in this city, you're not going to come into harm. As I said before, Paul was chased out of town after town after town on the way to Corinth. He was chased out. He was stoned, almost to the point of death. He was imprisoned. He was uh, chased out of town, as I've said. And then that carries on in other cities as well, to the point where he's actually martyred for his faith. So this promise here is for Paul in this moment, the living God speaking to Paul at this moment. Now, this might be a word for you today, actually. You need to be bold and brave, and you're going to be protected. Or it might not be. It might just be you need to be bold and brave, and you might come to harm. In Hebrews 11, it talks about the heroes of the faith, and some of them are chopped in half. I hope that's not, you know, I hope that's not us. I hope it's not you. But, but that is the truth of it. Ashley we have to be prepared to lay our lives down as ambassadors for God, for his greater glory. I was reading about Elizabeth Elliot, uh, Jim Elliot's wife. Jim Elliot and a group tried to take the gospel to the orcas. Um, and uh, the book I read uh, talked about how Elizabeth Elliot, basically Jim and a group of five people were killed, martyred for their faith. They tried to take the gospel to a new region. Elizabeth Elliot then went in his wife, went into that town and saw the whole tribe come to know Jesus. Do you know why they killed Jim Elliot? That was a really fun story. He, apparently they, fun. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he took a photo out of his pocket and the orcas saw it, but they didn't wear clothes. They didn't know what a pocket was and they did not know what a photo was. So they thought they were taking a soul out of their body. So that's apparently why the orcas killed him. Uh, I've only read that in one book. But but that was an interesting thing. But then when Elizabeth came in afterwards, she she came in with forgiveness and grace, and the message of Jesus and the orca tribe honored her and came to faith. It's an incredible story. Elizabeth Elliot is an amazing woman, but, but she was led by the Lord to do that. And we have to be led by the Lord into each situation that we're going into. We need to be ambassadors who trust in God. We have to trust in God and his timing. That's one of the things that I felt God speaking to me actually about for us. In God's timing. Now when I'm on a journey, I like to set off and get from A to B as quickly as possible. I don't like to go on a scenic route. I don't want to see hills. I don't want to look around. There's nice sheep there. That's lovely. I want to get from A to B as efficiently as possible. Least fuel, 
least probably, all of it, just let's get there. A to B, quick and cheap. Zoe, on the other hand, likes to go on like these scenic routes, like, let's go look at the hills in the car. Okay, there we go, there's the difference between us. I'm intrigued by Paul in this thing. He's on this journey, and my thing would be like, well, let's be efficient. Let's get to this town, let's see it saved, let's then move on to this town, let's get it done, and then let's, move, let's keep moving on. But, but Paul was led by God and trusted in God so much that he heard God's voice and he stayed there another 18 months because he was like, okay, God has said to do this. And I think there's seasons where we go really quickly, and I think that's partly what God does. And then there's seasons where things feel slower or slow down a bit, but it's in God's timing. And I just think that's really important for us to remember when we're on mission. There's seasons for all things. There's a season and a time, but God is over that time. And as long as we're leaning into his voice and following him, then it's his timing as to when he brings the impact in the city. And sometimes that will mean waiting around and doing a plan and then it taking years before the next one. Sometimes it will mean going one, two, three quickly. But that's God's leadership. We trust in him for the mission. It's his mission that we're co-partnering, co-working, ambassadors with him on that. And then when things go wrong, we have to trust God as well. When it feels like things go wrong. Paul was called in front of a judge at this point. Now, to me, if that happened to me, I'd feel like this has gone a bit wrong, hasn't it? You know, I'm called in front of a judge because of my faith. I'd feel like oh, I'm probably doing something right, but, but it feels like it's gone wrong. But in that place, he trusted God. And what happened? The Roman judge actually ruled in his favor. And that probably caused a covering for him in the next town and, and a few other Roman towns along the route. So actually, he trusted in God when things were not looking like he thought they would look like. He trusted God in the timing, and he trusted God in the... And I just thought, there might be people in here who are um, in a place where they're like, I don't really like my work. I don't really want to be here. <laughs> it feels like it's gone a bit wrong. This isn't, wasn't where I wanted to be. But I feel God would just say, actually, no, I have you. I have you in the palm of my hand. I know the plan I have for you. It's my timing. I will use this. I feel like there's some people in here who might be in neighborhoods, and they're like, oh, I don't feel like I fit in this neighborhood. I'm not really in the right place. I feel like God would say, I've got you. I've got you in the palm of my hand. It's my timing. And if you don't like it, then move to Denton. And I felt there might be people here who felt like it's our, I don't feel that great in my family right now. And just before Christmas, that can be quite a big thing. It's like, I wish my family was a little bit less messy. Uh, I wish my family was, I wish it was a bit easier to be who I am in that setting. And I just felt like God said, I have got you in that place as my ambassador to overflow my kingdom in your family, but in God's timing. I think there needs to be a new trust in God, a new leaning on him, a leaning not on our own understanding, but leaning heavily into him and crying out to him in prayer, but trusting him in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. You are his ambassador. He has got you in these places. 
and he'll use it for your good and for his good. And I just feel like God wants to fill us afresh and overflow us again. Fill us with a fresh faith that God has us in an area. And I think this is for each one of us here, actually. I think God wants to increase our faith. Faith is a gift from God, and he wants to increase our faith in this moment. So I would just encourage you to to just ask the Lord in your moment. Lord, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media and you're welcome to check out the music links featured in this episode. From our very own musicians. You can also discover current events and information about where we meet on Sundays and various groups or community projects that you can join in with. If you're interested in knowing more about us or wish to join us for one of our meetings, please reach out. Simply drop us an email at hello at ccm.org.uk We look forward to connecting with you.